Welcome, everybody, to our franchise radio show. Wait for it, number 100. This is our centenary. It's amazing, isn't it? And uh, for today, for a very, very special treat for everybody, um, I'm featuring part of our Emerging Franchisor series and one of our very successful franchise groups, the Franchisors, um, in the earliest part of their journey uh, is Earworks. They're from the Apple Isle, based in, in uh, Hobart. And uh, I'd like to just uh, welcome today uh, Scott Marston and Lisa Elway from Earworks and uh, welcome along to our, our uh, franchise radio show. Just a quick mention to those of you listening, uh, a notebook and a pen will be really, really helpful uh, just to, to help yourself there. And um, let's get the ball rolling. So a quick introduction I'll give you um, of Lisa's background. Lisa's the director and founder of Earworks. She's had a career over 20 years in, in nursing and pharmaceutical roles. Uh, in significant uh, roles and positions, specialised in ear, nose and throat at the Royal Hobart Hospital. And she, she's got, a, I suppose she's got a, a goal in life, to see the lives of nurses improved. Um, she's an affiliate member of the Australian College of Nursing and a very successful businesswoman to boot. So um, her partner, Scott, who's the CEO, he's very experienced in the senior executive role, many years in corporate and general management, had a lot of senior roles. Um, some years ago was awarded the Tasmanian Chamber of Commerce and Industries Tasmanian Business Manager of the Year. So no mean feat. Um, he holds a number of qualifications. Uh, so without more ado, let's get into it. Welcome to you both today. Thank you for joining Hi, us. G'day, Brian. Lovely to see you. And indeed, same here. So, um, Lisa, um, what do Earworks do and what makes them different? Yeah, so Earworks is a professional earwax removal service. So uh, we remove built up earwax from the ear using a, a procedure called microsuction, which is like a little vacuum cleaner in the ear. Um, this way of removing earwax is what the, the ENTs use, so the ear, nose and throat specialists, and it's, it's best practice in earwax removal. Um, we're different because we're a, a dedicated earwax removal clinic. So we don't do anything else. We just remove earwax and we do it really well. <laughs> amazing, isn't it amazing? I, I just love, that's why I love franchising a business, the, the sorts of businesses that emerge and you realise the opportunities out there are endless. So uh, uh, a quick question then, um, you're in business. Why, why did you want to franchise? Uh, from your point of view, what, what was the attraction? Um, well, probably from our point of view, we, we were looking, we, we felt that, you know, we were having some good success in Tassie, in Tasmania, and we were looking for a model to expand, um, and we didn't have endless amounts of capital. So we were looking for a way to systemise our, um, uh, our business and have it replicated, because I think Lisa was probably being a little bit modest in her explanation of what Earworks is. I think Earworks also is a, a real experience for our clients. They're treated like family, we don't rush appointments, they get education, um, they get to, we allow time within our appointments to build up rapport. And so that's what made us successful in, in Tasmania. We wanted to replicate that. And franchising um, allows you, if you go through, if you get the right advice and you get the right people involved and, and you spend the time to document and do things right, it allows you to replicate your success. I'm not sure there's too many other business models that that 
that do that. It, it, I guess it, it allows you an element of control, even though other people will be owning their own businesses and in our case clinics, um, they, their ability to succeed is increased because we've actually, all the, all the love and attention and grazing of knees that we've done over the years is all built into our system and they've got that to be successful right up front. Perfect. So, um, so you, you've been doing a bit of research for a while, I know, and, uh, and in fact, you did do a diploma of franchising. So you had done your homework before you started on this journey, which I applaud. Um, so you knew quite a bit about what you were doing. So in that case, I mean, there were a number of options. You could have tried to franchise yourself. You obviously had a lot of knowledge. But how, how did you come to select a consultant? What was your criteria? What would you suggest to people they do to find the right person to help them? Um, well, I guess up front, Brian, you know, yeah, I had some qualifications and some and some knowledge, um, but you know, one of the one of the, we you know we're a values based business, and we'll talk about that during the show, I'm sure, because we always we always end up talking about it. But um, one of the things for us um, is a bit, is humility. That isn't one of our strict values, but it's certainly something that we um, that we deeply value and and. Mm -hmm there's nothing like getting the right advice. So we did, did some research. We spoke to a number of, um, you know, I guess legal-based franchise um, uh, documentation uh, creators or consultants. Um, of, of course, we ended up talking to you. Um, and we just felt for value for money and knowledge and experience and things that we could learn off to help our business be successful, um, franchise simply probably opened uh, 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 or offered us the the most rounded, um, uh, fulsome, uh, I guess, brief of of what would get us there, as compared to having to have multiple um, contracts with multiple different um, individuals to get us across the line and get to get ready to go to market. So I guess the one stop shop thing was very attractive um, to us, and then you know everybody has to to work on their own, what they like and don't like and how, how they like to go about things. Um, we struck up a rapport uh, with yourself and your team quite quickly and felt very comfortable after one of your, your workshops. And I guess the rest is, uh, the rest is history, but um, you know, value for money and, and so on. Um, yeah, we, we're still very comfortable with our decision. Okay, now you, you, you actually, broached on this next question of mine a little bit. Uh, you, you went through a structured franchise program, which is the model that, that uh, we developed here. So why did you choose that and how do you feel as a result of having gone through that in comparison with you know, traditional consulting in the more familiar model that people would see out there that you have, uh, that's been around obviously for numbers of decades these days? Yeah, uh, look, for, for us again, it, it, it was, even if you think you know, uh, if you know a lot, when you actually get into any particular topic, whether it's earwax removal or franchising, when you actually deal with proper experts, um, you realise you know very little in some ways. Um, we felt that uh, the structured program, what it what it did every step of the way, you couldn't take the next step unless you'd done the previous step properly and, and to a level of detail that gave you the information that often, often drove the answers to the next lot of documentation or the next step in your in your business development. Um, if you go a separate way, I, I would have thought, you know, there's a real emphasis on the legal documents and obviously you need those within 
uh, franchising, but they are only a re- the legal documents are only a manifestation of uh, of all your thoughts and your systemising and your um, other documents, other different plans, budgets, and and so on. So, um, and uh, unless we uh, unless we went through the the system step by step, we wouldn't have done a good job. We would have ended up having to redo documents and so on for sure. Yeah, so. yeah, and going through the um, that structured program, it just answers so many questions for you about your own business. So it forced us to think about um, who we are, what we stand for um, as a business, uh, what's our client avatar and right down to the detail of what colours represent our brand and and what is our brand. So it was a real journey and it was very, very helpful. Excellent. Okay. So that was a couple of years or more ago. Um, From from when you went, as you say, you came to one of our weekend workshops um, and then when you decided to join a program, how long did it take you, you think, till you were ready to go to market, ready to, 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 to put your first ads out? Um, I think uh, we probably took a, a month talking and negotiating with you after the the, the workshop, just about the, the system. But once we um, once we invested in that and started, um, I think we were ready for market in about 12 to 14 weeks, as I recall. Um, yeah, you'd probably have better notes than me, Brian, on that. But um, we, yeah, I think that took a fair bit of work. You know, Lisa and I, we were... We're both working and and um, you know doing doing our day job, so that was nights and weekends. But we did put a lot of a lot of time and effort into it. But yeah, look, I don't think it's um, unreasonable that people make the make the um, the investment and they're willing to put the time in. You, you can certainly be ready for market in in twelve to sixteen weeks. Certainly, all the the people that you have on hand within the system were very attentive with their time and. Um, yeah, but I mean, it does. There is a relativity to how how much work you put in. So we put, you know, we really drove ourselves, and and you you were happy for us to go as fast or as slow as we we like. Um, but we we kept the the pace up. You and the you know the rest of the team, legal legal vision, and other people that we that we spent a lot of time with. Um, uh, you know, we, you know, certainly. The, the timing was was largely up to us, but it, yeah, you certainly you can never get away from the work you have to do yourself. The consultants don't have magic fairy consulting dust; they can only they can only work off your. And you, and if you think about yourself as a as a business owner or the listeners, I would encourage them to think about. You don't want a consultant taking over your business. You you want to drive your own business. It has to be set up the way you want it with your the things that are important to you and your values and the things that you know make success, what they can do is, is help your ideas sing. But you've got to, you've got to put in that work and know what you're, you're about and what makes you successful because they don't know. They've never worked in your shop or, in our case, a clinic or your, um, your van or whatever it is. They've never done it. You're the one with the knowledge. But, they can, but their knowledge is taking those ideas and concepts and turning them into whatever, uh, whatever you'd like them to be. Thanks so much for that. I mean, that, that's actually something that anybody that's looking at franchising their business, I think that's the one element those few minutes of Scott's words of wisdom there should listen to. And I think the reason they were able to do it in that three to four months, which is the upper 20%, I suppose, of our of people I've worked with over the years, is because they drove it. But also, they were, they were had done their homework. And uh, whilst they were still working, 
Scott, I know, worked a lot of late hours, burnt a lot of candles at both ends and so forth. Um, but you can achieve it um, in what is one of the more complicated and detailed businesses being in health, I suppose. So, so what, were, what were the key takeaways, uh, at, I suppose, at the conclusion of the process you'd been to? And then that's a question for both Scott and Lisa, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, the biggest outcome we've had through going through the program, like I was talking about before, is having a systemised business. So um, that's just been brilliant. So it's helped, uh, like, everywhere you go in Australia, every Earworks clinic that you visit is the same. And that's because of that, that systemising of the business. So um, it, it helps from my perspective with um, not performance managing the nurses so much but more um, with the franchising model you're there to motivate and coach um, and I've always got something I can refer to so I'm always saying if they've got a question well what does the system say and because it's a web-based thing they can just look things up it's basically uh, my brain dumped into a system <laughs> that everyone, <laughs> everyone can look at. Um, and it, it frees my time up a little bit because it allows me to work uh, on the business rather than in the business as much. I mean, I'm, I'm still obviously in the business, but um, yeah, that's been, that's been really good. Um, uh, one of the other takeaways and, and one of the other advantages is all the experts that you have on hand uh, to be able to you know work out who you are as a business and what you stand for and all that kind of stuff so tapping into all those experts uh, has been brilliant um, we did have to work hard but you know when you believe in your product um, and you know you've got a good product you know you're, you're sort of happy to do it because you love it but yeah there is a lot of work in it so being prepared to work hard um, but also be flexible along the way yeah you mentioned about your ops manuals of course you, you, you chose to use fran systems the cloud-based uh, system so and, and that would have been a large amount of work for you because that's in a lot of respects that's probably the biggest sole job in putting a franchise together yeah, but you do it. You do all the work up front, and then it's done, and then you can just tweak it as you go. Like it's a, like you've said to us before, it's never never really complete. As in, you're always learning things in the business, and you can uh, modify and edit as you go. It's it's a an ongoing thing. Right, and Scott, your your takeaways. Um, yeah, look, I I think. Uh, spending the time to listen to the experts in the different fields is a really good idea. I learned so much about marketing. I've learned so much about the legal documentation of the the um, uh, of, of a franchise system. Um, and then when you when you get through there, I mean, we're sort of talking about the I guess the franchise simply system. But I think one of the the things that that we don't talk enough about um, is the the I guess the the post system um uh attention that 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 you give people who are um have been through your system certainly for us we've had a, a quite a varied journey and i think we're going to talk about it a little bit later to where we've finally got and 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 got some great partners and 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 are, are away but along the way you know you, you know we had our own doubts um the actual franchise um once you start advertising that that sales process is just so important. So you never stop learning. 
and I, and I think you know you 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 have to um, have some people in your corner who actually have been through it all and understand it, so that you know you know certainly when you first kick off, you get a lot of people who are who are interested but aren't actually that interested in investing. So you, you've got to, you know working out those systems that you helped us with about how to filter. Um, uh, interest in the in the franchise that so that you don't waste a lot of your precious time and things there that ongoing work is is certainly proven as as important you need that base level and and Lisa's quite right about the, the amount of effort you need to put into the ops manual and you know we've got um, you know we've got marketing plans and budgets and um, overall business plans and customer avatars and um, and all the uh, you know uh, territory work that we got done and so on but you know then you've got to then you've got to um you know get out there and and uh and see if you can uh open up some of these franchise outlets and so on and i would still suggest you still need a friend in your corner who's been there and done it because it is all new and, and you know but a lot of uh, even though it was that we had a very new business the concepts that you warned us about and then helped us through at the time um, certainly were invaluable to us because you know we you know we we're we're a pretty good team on the Lisa on the clinical side me on the business side and we still felt we really needed some help during that period of time and that's also something you don't get if you just go to a lawyer who just wants to punch out some um, franchise documents and give you a bill and see you later. <laughs> so um, okay, well thanks for sharing all that. It's, it's fascinating to hear and uh, it, it's a great it's a great story. And I'm looking forward to the next part of, of our conversation where we'll learn a little bit about your journey and, and where, you, where, you, where you've come to. And amazingly, with your perseverance, determination, and just hanging in, what you've been able to achieve is a testimony to the fact that business isn't easy. But if you do the hard yards and you hang in there, things happen. So um, with, that, with that said, um, is there anything particularly you think you'd have done differently if you were starting again today? We have um, talked about this. We we think we would have we would have started earlier. It sounds like a cliche, but we would have because um, going through the process clarified so much for us in terms of all those things that, that Scott was just talking about about our business. Um, we just we just learned so much about all the the detail of the different areas of the business and understanding who we were and what we stood for and what our goals were. Um, yeah, and it was just great how you kept us so motivated and and helped us with so many aspects of the business i think at the time it, it, notwithstanding our plan was obviously to expand and we wouldn't have had a we wouldn't have been doing it without that um by the end of going through the program our existing business was far better yeah yeah, yeah. That's uh, it. so yeah we wish we would have started that earlier because we were more profitable and we knew we knew a lot more about what we're about and what made us what made us work. Um, uh, you know, after the um, uh, after going through the program, that had that had very little to do with the with, with our planned expansion plans. So, yeah, and that that saying you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? That's exactly when we went along the journey. It's like wow, I've never even thought about this part of it, and and clarifying that you know that all those little things. It was just great. So, so do you, do you, have you found then that going through this process would have been a worthwhile one for you, whether you chose ultimately to franchise or not? Yeah, definitely. That's, that's 100% true. And that's probably 
um, my key takeaway, you know, having this systemized business, but going through that journey, absolutely, even if we, we hadn't franchised in the end, we've got this wonderful systemized business now. We're also clear on, on where, you know, who we are, what we stand for, all our staff understand it. Um, yeah, the, the, the Earworks way is all captured um, in this systemized business now, and it's something, yeah, we just feel really proud of it. Yeah, we love it. But I mean, I guess on a broader, just talking about things on a broader scale, Brian, I, I'd certainly encourage people to think about going through the, the program because sometimes, I mean, I, I know we're all like to be, um, uh, you know, enthusiastic and, and, and have great success or whatever, but, but not every idea will stack up. I mean, Lisa and I've got ideas at the moment that we've been looking at and so on, that we've done some work on and we just don't think it'd work and and so on so we've let it go but going through a structured process and and having a good hard look sometimes will save you a lot of money even if by not going ahead with something um you know it it, it it's just such a, a a valuable thing to know whether or not you've got a go on your hands or or not and you, you were always very pragmatic with elements of our business as well um uh, with us so you know in business knowledge is power and if you head down a, a, a dead-end road without thinking about it or or having a, a, a business plan just thinking or hoping it will work um, that's a very dangerous and can be a very expensive road to hoe so yeah I think that that knowledge is power is a really important takeaway yeah well I, I, you guys epitomize what I think the fact you need to be pretty courageous to go into business in any in any shape or form and business growth probably takes another step. The, the, the thing is, you've already taken the first step. So I suppose um, you could have settled on your, on, on, your, on your achievements, I suppose, and sat there with a couple of, couple of clinics. Um, but you decide, what made you decide that, yes, we want it to be bigger? What, what, was, what was your why? What, 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 what was it that drove you? It's more than just money, I think. Although we, we, all, we, we all appreciate financial returns. That's, that's a measurement. Yeah, for me, it was um, being really passionate about what we were doing and, and I just love our business so much. I love our clients and I loved that we had a nurse-led business and I wanted to see nurses be as great as they can be. So I wanted to sort of give, give that gift, if you like, to other nurses. Um, that was probably the biggest one for me, just wanting to see nurses get out there and do and great things and provide. And clients, yeah. like I just, yeah, I love... I love our clients and I want everyone to be able to experience the, um, not just the procedure, but the earworks way and that nice coming in and having a lovely experience as well as walking out being able to hear properly. Well, earworks is on the move. So uh, anybody that's listening to this and having trouble understanding, I think they probably should duck into an earworks and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and get some treatment. So uh, um, uh, that's an unqualified recommendation. So I don't, I don't pretend to be a medical uh, expert. But uh, so, um, uh, okay, so, so having said that, before we wrap up, I'd love to hear your backstory. Could you share that with us? Because I think that's, that's probably the most fascinating element of it. Uh, in, in yeah, okay. um, yeah, so I was a nurse working um, in the ear, nose and throat uh, clinic at the Royal Hobart, like you were saying in the intro. Um, I was watching the procedure being performed and I remember thinking, oh, you know, this looks really good. And I, it's so gentle and safe and quick um, and people had such instant relief and, 
And I thought about, you know, we don't have a service like this in Hobart. Um, and I, I did a little bit of research and, and I knew that there are a, a couple of services doing similar things on the, on the mainland. Um, and then I just, it, it brewed away in the back of my mind for probably five years <laughs> before um, <laughs> I actually had the courage to, to think maybe this could work. And I, I um, spoke to a couple of the, the surgeons I used to work with and they were like, yeah, this is, this could work. And, and then I, I talked to Scott about it and we actually sat down and properly looked at it. So let's look at all the numbers. Let's look at the figures. Let's see if it, if there is a business in this. Um, and then it was just, yeah, taking that leap forward. It was, you know, scary, but invigorating. And I'm just so glad we did it. Mm. Uh, Scott, just... Scott was in an executive position um, with, a, with, with, with probably financially doing, you know, quite, quite yeah. well. So yeah. that was a big step to step away from what was really a crutch that you had. I mean, you had regular, uh, regular income, suddenly you're jumping into a void um that, that's a big step what what gave you the confidence to do that scott um oh, look I, I thought lisa's idea was brilliant we already had some runs on the board in in tasmania um we could we could see that after a bit of work with yourself we could see it could be systemized but i think May, uh, I know that this this whole podcast series is about learnings and uh, and I listen to the I've listened to every single one I can say that during my journey um, and I've got something out of them all um, people who are thinking about going into business yes there is the regular income and 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 don't worry there have been weeks where we wish we still had it <laughs> don't worry um, but um, you have to remember without risk there's no reward so if you don't take any risk uh, if there was no risk and you could make, you know, a uh, huge money, everybody would do it. So it's the risk that actually creates the opportunity. So then what you've got to do is take that risk and actually do the work and, and weigh those risks up against the, you know, what, how can you mitigate the risks? Uh, what are the likelihoods? What can you do to uh, likelihoods of certain circumstances happening? Um, uh, and so on. So there is, there's a, uh, a way you can reduce your risk profile if you like but you'll never reduce it to zero so you just you then you just got to have belief and yeah. and we believed in our product i believed in lisa um i'd i'd listened to so many happy clients and i thought well if if they are so happy that they've got this safe gentle um wonderful medical experience that they're getting from a, a qualified registered nurse who they trust um you know, what could go wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah. Scott and I do have, um, uh, well, both of us luckily um, have a good tolerance for risk. So not we're not big risk takers, but we both, you know, that there's just that little bit that's in us. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and because we believed so much in what we were doing, then it was just a case of having the courage to take the next step. Yeah, and it, just because something has risk, it, it doesn't mean it's risky. That this means after you acknowledge that there are there are some pitfalls there, and then you use the right people and talk to people about well, what are you going to do about those, and make sure that you don't graze your knees. So, um, and look for us, the upside, you know, there's been some difficult times financially for sure, but um, but the upside far outweighs the downside as far as lifestyle, um, uh, doing things that you deeply believe in, uh, being able to control your own destiny 
um, in our case, even spending time together, which we, we, we really enjoy. It's yeah. allowed us to do, right. yeah, allowed us to do that. That won't work for everybody. We, we accept that, but it does work <laughs> for us. Um, that really works for us. So, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got a whole bunch of um, reasons that we, that we do it. And obviously, everybody's after a bit of financial sustainability or, or success, but there's also more to life than, than just that. And if you're happy and you're doing what you're passionate about and you're following a, a dream, you know, again, I don't want to be all cliche either, but I, I don't find it a chore to go to work with earworks. No, yeah, yeah that's it's, exactly how I feel. It's yeah. just a joy being there. Yeah. And we're so lucky we get to do it together. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's great. So what comes through to me, um, I, I share the listeners here, and I hope you can pick it up, it's just the passion mm. of, of, of Scotty and Lisa with what they're doing and they're just enjoying it so much. I mean, it, I know it's at one stage, if you don't mind me sharing, that Scott actually went back to doing a bit of, walked himself around, got a bit of consulting work to keep the cash flow coming and he realised they needed to, to get a little bit of extra cash in the till. So uh, it's something, you know, I mean, you need to be prepared to do. There are times when you need to look to other alternatives just to, just to keep, the, uh, keep the, uh, the sort of balance topped up, as it were. So, mm. um, we go okay so so maybe maybe you can give us a bit of a background of where you are now because uh, it's been an interesting journey in the last couple of years and you've certainly got um from the indications of, of what you'd achieved in in uh, 2019 you've got uh, some interesting years ahead with certainly a lot of potential and so on can you share a little bit of that with us yeah sure look we um you are right it, it hasn't all been um uh, I guess um, rainbows and unicorns right from the the start. I think some things have worked and some things haven't. Um, uh, with our particularly as the selling of the franchises, um, but what we've ended where we've ended up, we've we've now got um, uh, Tasmania um, filled between ourselves and a, and a fantastic franchisee who looks after the north of the uh, the north of Tassie. Uh, we uh, own a a, a, a clinic in uh, Bondi Junction that is that's been fantastic. We've got a wonderful nurse in there, uh, but in recent times we've now got a partnership with Fullerton Health, and uh, Fullerton Health are a medical centre company that we are really proud to be associated with. They share our values. Our values are professional, kind, and generous. And whilst they've got their own, certainly our dealings with the people in there say to us that they they believe in the same things and we've enjoyed our partnership with them very much. So uh, we've got a couple of clinics open in um, Canberra now uh, with them and we've got a, uh, a, a, a three-year rollout now um, planned across Australia. So we're, we're um, I guess we've found a, a different way. It's still a, a franchise model. I guess you could call it a master franchise model if, if you were using formal terms, Brian, but um, we've, we've uh, found someone who believes in our, our product with us. Um, uh, it, there are advantages of, of both, for both of us in our partnership, and that's allowing us to take the, the Earworks way and our Earworks clinics to many more people who need microsuction um, uh, across Australia that, that just don't have access to it. And, and we're just so thrilled to be able to do that. And, you know, it has been a bit of a journey. Certainly we hadn't thought of a corporate partnership when we started. We had a, a very different model um, with regard to how we thought that the, the, the clinics would roll out. 
but we're still rolling out the clinics. They're still using Lisa's, all Lisa's hard work of the, the, her, our operations manual. The training still happens in Tasmania that we're really um, proud of, which was always our plan. So, you know, but we've just been a bit flexible with our implementation and, and the market will tell you, you know, what, what to do. And we, we felt that, um, uh, spoke to a few corporate partners, um, not, just, not just one. There was certainly a lot of interest, um, which was lovely, but we were very comfortable where we landed. They, they're really good people and, and, and we're, uh, uh, we're a very good, good match. And, and um, anybody who comes into an Earworks clinic in a Fullerton Health Medical Centre will get the best of care from very nice people. And that is what underpins our business. This to me is a, uh, a sign of the future that, uh, you know, business is getting tougher everywhere. Um, you know, apart from the, the revolution, the digital revolution, which continues to grow a pace. And I wonder where we'll be in a couple of years time, let alone a year or five years. But uh, you need to be creative and find different ways of doing things. Because the old way, you know, it's, it's like looking at Elon Musk, you know, the old way doesn't work. You've got to shoot for Mars and you've got to look for alternatives. So, um, in this case, it's being creative and looking for partnerships and joint ventures and maybe people with a bit of capital uh, because most people launching a franchise are not larger organisations, they haven't got lots of capital. So often that's one of the points that holds them back is capital. But I, by virtue of getting that capital or that intellectual property or that, that intellect, what you're getting is actually further support way beyond just any financial element. It's actually getting people there with their, their brains, their commitment and their security they can give. Um, and that, that's my take on it. What would your comments be on that, Scott? Um, I, I agree. I think one of the, the real barriers to, to fledgling businesses is that access to capital and it is getting harder and harder in the formal banking sector to get hold of it. Um, so, but there are people out there um, with, with uh, money and expertise too that can actually teach you a lot yourself when you actually talk to them so it's worth again um, you know going through yourself um, you'll know you've got a lot of a lot of contacts out there in all different businesses and and there are people who are willing to invest in a, in a well thought out structured idea and, and again without our all of the documentation everything all formalized so when we sat down with these corporate people we was able to impress them, not just with a, a good business idea that we've got, but but with all the the work and documentation and 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 I guess uh, empirical evidence, um, that makes a big difference. Now that takes a bit of investment and a lot of time and so on, but gee, it's good when you sit down across the table and and you're holding those cards, you know, uh, as compared to saying, hey, I've got this really good idea, would you give me some money? Um, you can actually systematically step it out show what what your business is about why it works how it works um you know the the legal side of how it works um yeah it 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 stat puts the the cards back in your favor yeah look i guess that's where you were patient from the point of view and it is a le another lesson for people that uh, i think you put a slide stack together or a bit of a powerpoint presentation so that when you did go to to meet with these people you had an agenda, you knew exactly how you wanted to approach things and, uh, and you had all the resources there so that uh, it, it was a very professional presentation. You, as you say, you could have gone in and said, hey, here I am, I'm Scott, this is Lisa, this is what we're doing, come and join us. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it was a mixture of that that soft and hard stuff, which Scott and I, you know, my strong point is talking about the, the clinical side of things and, and also about the patient experience and all that, that part of it. Scott's a real lover of data. Um, he loves all the numbers and he's got graphs and ways to show things that are easy to understand. Um, and that balance of the soft and the hard in the presentation was, was key, mm. I think. Yep. And it was... And I would encourage people just to think about that, this private equity or, or um, a corporate side of things. If, if you've got an idea and the, the franchises for whatever reason aren't moving, um, it's certainly worth um, putting some in investment with. I mean, we, we had, in the end, a number of options that we could have went with uh, and we're very comfortable with where we ended up going. But we certainly had a number of options in front of us after we started going down this path, if you've got a good story to tell, people people will be interested, but you've got to do that work and, and get the right assistance up front in order to have that story to tell. Yeah. And I think you've got, to, you've got to expect it to take time, haven't you? When you're dealing with things like partnerships and joint ventures and corporate corporations, uh, it can be <laughs> very frustrating time-wise. I know that you, you, you certainly would better share that along with most people who been on that sort of journey i am my word yeah the, the old rule about doubling your the time you think something will take i think it's probably more than it's probably more than that but i mean you, you have to you work within the you know the the bureaucracies or whatever that you're you're dealing with and you have to understand that even if it is a bit a uh, bit frustration it's frustrating as a a very nimble small business yeah because for, for earworks it's just scott and i you know we're just accountable to each other and we can make our decisions really quickly but it's not like that for bigger bigger corporations yeah so that well, yeah but i mean a bit of that bit of that competitive tension is a good thing too i think they 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 like that that we are nimble and we can act quickly and so on that you know you just you just have to understand I think what I, one of the things I get from, from talking to Scott and, and Lisa is the value of partnerships. So I think if either Scott or Lisa have tried to do this on their own, they'd still be battling. Um, it's the reality we see that trying to go out on your own for a, growing a business, whether you're franchising or whether you're going ahead as a corporate model, is just, it's just too much for one person's shoulders, I think, because there's too many skills needed. But, uh, having said all that, I'd like to wrap up and say, fantastic. I've really thoroughly enjoyed myself. Thank you guys for coming into the studio today. It's been lovely. And I know that Scott uh, did make a, a suggestion before when I was talking to him. He's very happy to make himself available for a chat with anyone if they'd like to understand a bit more about the cloud-based operations manuals or about franchising or growing their business. And um, uh, if, if that's the case, then uh, by all means, welcome to contact Scott that we might share his contact details. Scott, would you like to just pass those on for the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, well, probably the, maybe even the simplest way is just to go through you, Brian. Sure. Um, and um, and um, rather than people have to write down email addresses and so on, but yeah, just contact Brian. He's got all my numbers. And look, I know when I was going through the, particularly the early stages, having some people to just to, just to bounce ideas off and I think there's, there is, and we've talked about this, Brian, there is a, a bit of a fellowship within the franchising area, I think. You know, um, um, I want to see people succeed with their small business ideas and things like that. And, you know, I, I just think it's such a, a great thing. I mean, you, you do occasionally read these bad stories and that hasn't helped any of us on the, 
on the franchising front, but if you actually read it, it's got nothing to do with franchising. It's just people making poor business decisions or not getting good advice or, or doing things that they probably wouldn't do again if given the opportunity. It's got nothing to do with franchising. It's just, it's just people making choices. Um, the, 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 the concept of being able to build a small business from an idea which franchising helps, and that I know that underpins your, your business, Brian, is just a good thing. And if you, if you go in with good intentions and the right values, um, it, it's just, it's a really nice thing that a lot of people can benefit from. And yeah, we, we, we feel very privileged to have Earworks and very lucky every day, but you know, it's been a, it's been a team effort. Absolutely. Look, and uh, so thank you. We've just hit 40 minutes. That's a perfect time for our uh, today's radio show. So once again, I'll say thank you, Scott. Thank you, Lisa. Um, uh, for all your contribution and uh, the fact that you know what I love about franchising is, as Scott mentioned, there is a there's a community, there's an overall support from people from all sectors, even if they're literally competitors. People will share intelligence and things to help you improve. So, which is why I continue to love the sector, support it strongly, and just just can't help but wanting to see it grow and grow. So, um, let's share that passion. Thank you, everybody. I look forward to speaking to you again when we're our next franchise radio show. Thank you.